This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today we continue in our series called Radicalis, Developing Spiritual Roots. In these lessons, we'll learn how to live a life that is deeply rooted in Christ and His Word so that we can become all God has created us to be. Now, in just a few minutes, we're going to tell you how to get a very special scripture card set with verses selected by Pastor Rick to help you renew and recharge your faith. You can find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's teaching. Now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Radical Hope. Now, this next verse, 6 and 7 of 1 Peter 1, is filled with spiritual meat. Paul, uh, Peter says, so be glad. In other words, in light of all these reasons for hope, be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials, not a few, many trials for a while. These trials are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and pure. Your faith, it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, and your faith's far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by fiery trials, it will bring you, notice this is not talking about Jesus, you, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor, bring you praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Now this passage is so rich because it lists there, it tells us why God allows problems in your life. And it tells us why you should have hope because of the three reasons that God is using the trials in your life while you're going through it. Let's look at it. First, it says, tells us three things about the problems you have in life. Now, the Bible calls them trials. You know what trials are. Tribulations, trouble, stress, problems, pressure, difficulties. It says this. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to enjoy many trials for a while. First circle the word necessary. Trials are necessary. In other words, problems are an essential and indispensable part of preparing you for heaven. They're not just optional. They're part of the school of life. The problems you have in life have a far greater purpose than you realize. They are preparing you for eternity. They are necessary, they are essential, they are indispensable part of life. Problems are necessary, so don't try to get out of them. The second thing you notice about problems, it says, you, it is necessary for you to endure many trials. Circle the word many. Now the word many there actually in Greek is the word varied. It, it's variegated. And variegated means all kinds of shapes, all kinds of sizes, all kinds of colors, all kinds of levels of intensity. Now you don't have to read the Bible to know that you get all kinds of problems. All your problems are not the same, right? You get lots of different kinds, big ones, little ones, intense ones, small ones. So the Bible's just pointing out that problems are of many varieties. And the good news um, is that some of the problems that you've had this last year, those old problems, you're not gonna have them in the, in the new year. That's good news. The bad news is you get a whole set of new problems <laughs> in, in the new year. 
and they are varied, they're variegated. So they're necessary, they're varied, and then it says they're temporary. It says the problems are necessary for you to endure many trials for a while, circle for a while. He's saying problems are temporary. They're for a while. If you were to go to my office and uh, over at the ministry center, you would find a piece of stone on which is chiseled in Hebrew letters, the, the phrase, this too shall pass. And I keep that before me to remind me that no matter what happens here on earth, it's all temporary. That this is just preparation for eternity. The good times will pass, the bad times will pass. The praise will pass, the criticism will pass. It all passes. This too shall pass. And the difficulties you're going through, even if you had them for your entire life, that's a minuscule compared to eternity. It's like the farmer who was asked, what's your favorite verse in the Bible? He said, it came to pass. They said, why is that? That's a strange verse to have his favorite. He said, no, it's when problems come. I know they didn't come to stay. They came to pass. They're just passing through. They're not gonna stay with you. So trials are necessary, they're varied, and they're temporary. Now, what is God doing in your life while you're going through what you're going through right now? While you're going through what you're going through, God is doing three things behind the scenes. You might write these down. Number one, God uses trials, number one, to test my faith. God uses trials, problems, to test my faith. These trials, it says, are only to test your faith to show that it is strong and pure. And of course, testing not only tests it, it strengthens us. The way you build muscle is you test your muscle. And when you lift weights or you exercise, you're testing the limits of your muscle, but you're also strengthening it at the same time. So God is testing your faith. The second way God uses trials is to purify my motives. To purify my motives. And that's the next part of the verse. It says, your faith is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. Now what's he talking about here? He's talking about refining. You all know that the way metals are refined is they put them in a big container and they heat up the heat to hundreds of degrees and the metal melts and then it burns off all the impurities. That's how, that's how you, uh, you refine metal, is you heat it to an extreme temperature and, and, and the dross is burned off. The, uh, you know, and all of a sudden what's left is 24 karat gold. All the impurities get burned out. God is much more interested in your character than your comfort. He's much more interested in preparing your heart for heaven than providing temporary comfort right now. So you need to understand that when the heat is on in your life, God is burning off the impurities. Are you feeling the heat these days? Are you feeling the pressure? Is the heat on in your life? God is burning off the impurities. He is purifying your motives so that you will be of pure gold and ready for heaven. Now, what happens when we get in a tough time, we start praying for God to change the circumstance. And God says, oh yeah, 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 I can do that, but I'm much more interested in changing you 
Because I said, God's goal here on earth for you is not to make you comfortable. God's goal here on earth is to change your character to get you ready for heaven. So why would he just make your life easy? That doesn't teach you any character. These problems, he says, test your faith and purify your motives. And when the heat is on, you need to stop saying, God changed the circumstance. He can do that, but first he's gonna change you. And the sooner you learn that, the better. God is trying to change and develop your character. Why? For the third reason. Trials are used to test my faith, to purify my motives, and number three, to prepare me for rewards. Did you know that the problems here on earth God uses to actually prepare you for eternal rewards in heaven? And here's what he says. You're being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried by these fiery trials when the heat's on in your life, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. Now, usually when we read the phrase praise, glory, and honor, we're thinking about Jesus. But in this verse, it's talking about you. It says God wants to give you praise and give you glory and give you honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God is saying, I am allowing this problem for your benefit, for your long-term reward of praise and glory and honor. See, the problem with heaven is that heaven is perfect, so we have nothing to compare it to on earth. There is nothing perfect on earth. No relationship is perfect, no event is perfect, no sunset is perfect, nothing is perfect on earth. So we can't even imagine what a perfect place is like. All we can do is take the greatest experiences, the most pleasurable, enjoyable, wonderful, exciting, beautiful, creative experiences of life and multiply that exponentially by a billion times and then we still can't even compare. There's nothing to compare heaven to. But let me just tell you this, it's gonna be incredible. It's not sitting on white clouds in a white robe playing the harp. That's hell, I've told you that. <laughs> it, it's gonna be unbelievable. The Bible says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him. You can't imagine. But you are gonna share in God's glory in heaven. And he says, how you handle the problems here on life, is how God is preparing you. This is why Paul says this on the screen. Our suffering is light and temporary, but it is producing for us an eternal glory that is greater than anything we can imagine. He's saying comparing the problems I'm going through right now is minuscule compared to the rewards I'm gonna receive for handling them correctly in heaven. He said here on earth, this is small potatoes. That gives me hope. I have hope because God chose me before I chose him. And I have hope that no matter how many mistakes I make, God's still gonna show mercy to me. And I have hope that no matter what I may lose in life, I can't lose my salvation. And I have hope that God is gonna protect me with his mighty power and make sure I get to heaven. And I have hope that God is preparing me right now for eternity and even using the stuff in my life that I don't like. He's using it all for good. And I know that some of you are just hanging on by a thread. I've talked to some of you. 
and you're worried about the future and you're hurting over some relationships and you may be even grieving over the loss of a loved one. Even in our grief, we can grieve with hope. Why? We're not like unbelievers. We have a hope of eternal life. When we grieve at a funeral, we're not grieving for the person who's died and gone to heaven. We're grieving for ourselves because we're going to miss them. We grieve with hope. After losing a loved one, Stephen Curtis Chapman wrote the words to this song called With Hope. Never have I known anything so hard to understand. Never have I questioned more the wisdom of God's plan. But through the cloud of tears, I see the Father smile and say, well done. And I imagine you where you wanted most to be, seeing all your dreams come true, because now you're home and free. We can cry with hope, we can say goodbye with hope, because we know our goodbye is not the end. We grieve with hope because we believe with hope there's a place where we'll see your face again. We have this hope as an anchor because we believe everything God promised is true. So we can cry with hope, we can say goodbye with hope because we know that our goodbye is not the end. We grieve with hope because we believe with hope there is a place by God's grace there is a place where we'll see your face again. I want you to realize that God is working in your life even when you don't feel it. And he's doing these five things even when you don't feel it. And that's why Peter says in verse six, be glad, rejoice, have hope. It is not hopeless. It may be tough going for a while, but it's gonna be worth it. And the future is secure and assured and guaranteed. Now these five things that I just shared with you from 1 Peter 1, theologians have a theological term for each of them. The fact that God chose to love me in advance, that's called predestination. The fact that God always treats me with mercy, that's called regeneration, that he, we're born again through his mercy. The fact that God has secured my future in heaven and has an inheritance for me, that's called glorification. The fact that God's power will protect me and I can't lose my salvation is called preservation. And the fact that God is preparing me for eternity is called sanctification. As your pastor, let me challenge you two ways. First, that you're gonna get serious about developing spiritual roots. You're not gonna be a casual Christian. You're gonna be a committed one. You're gonna develop spiritual roots and learn the spiritual truths that give us hope, give us stability, give us confidence. Don't blow us around when things get tough, but we, we stand firm because we are deeply rooted with radical roots in the hope and love of God. And how do you do that? How can you build spiritual roots? By taking advantage of all the different ways we have here at Saddleback Church to help you grow. We have daily devotional emails. We have drive time devotions. We have small group curriculum. We have all these different things that you can take advantage of to build spiritual roots. Now, I wanna challenge you to make a commitment to say, I'm gonna be faithful at worship. 
I'm gonna, if the doors are open on weekends, I'm going to be there, if at all possible, so I can build spiritual roots, make a commitment to worship. I'm going to be there as much as possible. And make a commitment to your small group. I'm going to be there as much as possible and be a part of that. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is challenge you to say and pray, God, help me to reach one more for Jesus. The greatest thing you could do for somebody is help them settle their eternal destiny, to get that reservation in heaven. Is anybody going to be in heaven because of you? If you, I guarantee you this, if you will start praying, God, I want in my life to help at least one person get into heaven. I don't want to be in heaven and having brought nobody along with me. God, I want you to help me bring at least one person to you. You know what? If you pray that, I guarantee you God will answer that prayer. I guarantee you. And it'll make it so easy and so natural and you won't be scared and it'll be unbelievable, like falling off a log, if you will say, I'm usable. There's a principle in the universe that whatever you need more of, you give it away and you get more back. For instance, if you need more energy, how do you get more energy? Sitting on a couch eating potato chips? No, you have to give energy away in exercise and it is by giving it away, you get more back. It's like when you give blood, God replenishes it in you. Whatever, you need more time, you give some of your time away in service. God will multiply it in your life. You need more money, you give it away. And God says, give and it shall be given to you. If you are discouraged at the end of this year, if you're a little down, you're a little apathetic, you're a little exhausted, you're a little tired, you're a little under the weather spiritually, if you need hope, let me tell you how to get more hope. The fastest way to get hope is to give it to somebody else. The Bible says this, same book, 1 Peter chapter three. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope you have. I just gave you five reasons. To give the reason for the hope you have, but do it with gentleness and respect. Did you know that in the Bible, it never tells us to share our faith? Not once. It tells us, to share our hope. Why? Because people are hungry for hope. And if you need more hope in your life and you're feeling a little down and discouraged, you need to start witnessing. You need to start inviting somebody to church. And if you share the hope, you will see the hope in your life explode to a new level. If you've never opened your life to Christ, you need that hope in your heart. Do it now. Let's bow our heads. Father, only you are the source of real hope. All other false hope inevitably disappoints us. Forgive us for all the times we've put our hope in money or luck or the economy or our secret or special plans or some business scheme. Forgive us for the times we've looked to other people to meet needs that only you can meet. Help us to always put our hope and trust in you We need spiritual roots, Lord, radical roots that go deep into your love and truth and provide genuine hope, not false hope. Now you pray. Say this in your heart. Jesus, thank you for choosing me and loving me before I chose you. Thank you for always treating me with mercy, even when I blow it. Thank you, Jesus, for securing my reservation in heaven. 
Thank you for promising your power and protection while I'm still here on earth. And thank you for using everything in my life to prepare me for eternity. I want to place my hope in you, not in other things. And I want to trust you completely. In your name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody, and why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in your new journey with the Lord. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you missed any part of this message, or if you would like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com where you can listen online anytime. That's Pastor Rick with two R's in the middle dot com. Be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first... One of our most popular study resources we've ever offered would have to be our Bible verse scripture cards. We get countless requests for them. Here's Pastor Rick to tell us more. Friends, one of the most powerful ways you can transform your spiritual life is to memorize scripture. God tells us in Proverbs 7 verse 2, guard my words as your most precious possession. Write them down and also keep them deep within your heart. Now, you may not think you've got a good memory, but the truth is we all remember what's important to us. For instance, you remember phone numbers and dates that you care about. I've heard people say they can't memorize anything, yet they can quote a song lyrics from their childhood, or they can rattle off a statistic for their favorite baseball player. You see, memory is a skill that you can learn. And it's also a muscle that you can strengthen. In fact, study after study has shown that memorizing Scripture will cause your brain to have a stronger memory in other areas too. So when you memorize Scripture, you're actually benefiting a lot of other areas in your life. Now, here's how I want to help you memorize God's Word. We've put together a new packet, a new set of cards with verses from the Bible for you to memorize. And these are good, easily memorizable verses. And you can put these cards around your house, or you can put them on your refrigerator, or you know, tape them to the mirror where you brush your teeth, or you can put them by your bed, or uh, in your car, in the visor. It doesn't really matter, but they're, they're very beautiful. And they will keep these Bible verses, God's Word, before you every day, helping you to memorize the Word of God. I hope you'll take advantage of this new resource. Don't miss this opportunity to get these scripture cards based on the key verses found in this series. Pastor Rick selected these verses to help you renew and recharge your faith so you can live the way God intended, rooted in His unconditional love. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this great resource. That's PastorRick.com, or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. 
This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.